Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It is Footy Prime, the podcast. We can wrap, although we're going to rename that at some point very soon. Maybe we'll ask you, the listeners, for some creative ideas. If it's not weekend wrap, what is it? We're wrapping the weekend. I don't know. There's going to be some smart person out there with some creative juices flowing through the veins. I'm the James Sherman. The start of next week. That's Craig Forrest. Jimmy Brennan's here. My, my, my two cohorts today are herding units. Um, Craig is feeling a little under the weather. Um, Jimmy's massively hungover. Self-inflicted. Was out with my brothers, my parents last night. We had a nice dinner, a few drinks. Um, and I'm feeling it today, fellas. Any fights? Huh? Any fights amongst your brothers? You have a little wrestling going on around dinner time? No, no fights. No wrestling last night. Um, although I did show up to my brother's condo and... He actually had a a pair of boxers on that said Corona, and he had a Mexican Mexican wrestling hat on. <laughs> Is this the same brother that that pissed himself at the pub? Yes, all those that, years ago? Yeah. yeah. Are those yeah. items given yeah. to him by you? And he had Mexican music playing. Well, because he just got back from Mexico, so he was down there. So he wanted to show uh, everything that he got. Oh, he's a wrestler now, eh? That'd be a good podcast by itself, just called Jimmy and His Brothers. Be interesting. Oh, um, yeah. We're, when we're in Trinidad, or not Trinidad, uh, Dominican Republic, and uh, having a good old time, and then next thing I look over, and Jimmy's brothers are rolling around having a fight. Are they, are they older than you or younger? Uh, no, they're a few years younger. Okay. Yeah. So you're like the, uh, the voice of reason, the older brother that can guide them in the right direction I've, I've tried james i really have tried no he does not i do come on i try to lead by example and <clears throat> it's just it's too late they're gone <laughs> he's a leader of men so they say about jimmy captain of tfc head coach leader of men um pretty good weekend of football boys jesus christ great some great games wow yeah. we got, we're gonna start with that match at the Etihad. Spurs three, City two, and to quote the great Peter Drury, 
What in the fuck was that? Two injury time goals, City equalize, Spurs win thanks to Harry Kane, the player that almost joined City this past summer. Craig, could you make any sense of that match? That was fantastic. I thought, I, talking about Drury, I thought he was, his his epic. <laughs> he really is, isn't he? He is. He is pure theater, isn't he? He yeah. really is unbelievably good. So much. Wow. Yeah. And Harry Kane, oh, interesting enough, he decides to turn it on. Right Just after, I think last week we were kind of criticizing him, right? When we were saying, you know, listen, he hasn't been good. Five goals all season long. Uh, the, the price tag's going down. Maybe Spurs should have cashed in on him when they could this past summer mm-hmm. to Man City. City probably going to move on from Harry Kane now. You know, there's a Haaland out there. There's an Mbappe out there, other big players. But then you see that performance, Jimmy, by Harry Kane. Yep. And it's the full, the full, complete performance by a center forward. Or is he a midfielder these days? I don't know. He drops so deep when he has to. What a great performance. And Harry Kane is still the great Harry Kane, apparently. It was, it was a spectacular performance. Um, look, I mean, when, you, when he's on form, he, he's, one, he's arguably one of the best in the world. The guy is ridiculous. And then some matches you don't know what you're going to get, but against City, he was absolutely brilliant. And then, look, it's, uh, Spurs have got some squad at the moment. Conti's actually come out and said that this could probably be the best squad that he's ever worked with, this Tottenham team. I don't know what he's saying. I mean, one week he's saying, you know, he's not happy. Next There's... week he's got the best squad in England. I mean, yeah. you can't read him, can you? No. No, so we'll, we'll wait till next week to see what he says. Yeah, he's happy well, right the now. The good thing is, is good. The, the game was great for the Premier League. The result was actually great for the Premier League as far as the neutral goes and everybody else with hopes to catch Man City. You know, it's theirs to lose still, but um, at least there's a, a little bit of a chance. Well, I mean, it's I think it's fair to say, Craig, the race is back on now, right? There is a title race now. Right. And I mean, we dismissed it. At least I did. Okay. I won't put you guys in the same hat there. I, I said it was over about two months ago. Good night and sweet dreams. But here we are now. If the Reds win their, their game in hand this week, they, they, got play points. they play Leeds, don't they? You are pessimistic, though, at the best of times, Charms. I, I know. I know. I, I can be. But I mean, listen, it was like 12 points, though. And, and they were just winning every single week. And then Liverpool suddenly found an incredible vein of form as well. Winning, 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 winning. And yeah, they're playing Leeds on, on Wednesday. If they win that one, and who knows what to expect from Leeds. We'll get to them later in, in the show today. But I mean, that's three points. And then these two meet each other um, in, in April. That, that's the big one, right? That's, uh, At that's City. the... At City. Yeah. Interesting, though, that when Norwich went 1-0 up, here's City sitting, not even playing yet. At that time, you're looking at the end of the day, could have been 12, back at 12, right? <laughs> the swings, eh? Swings, Jesus. yeah. Liverpool played very well uh, late in the game. The crowd were great. When they had to, right? I mean, they're down 1-0 to Norwich. Then Money scores that, that great bicycle kick. And then the Mo goal, Mo Salah from the Allison assist, Craig, as a keeper. We talk about distribution. And how Allison and Edison are the best in the business in the Premier League. But that passed by Allison was something majestic. That's the uh, that's the difference between the the brilliant and the very you know, the great now is the uh, the fact that they can start attacks from the back from goal kicks 
<laughs> sometimes. From ball in hand, from goal kicks. He's now got as many assists this season as Diego Jota, Sadio Mane, and Thiago Alcantara, believe it or not. Who does? I mean, Alisson. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Craig, how many assists did you get? Well, every time I gave it to you, you just fucking ran out of bounds with it. So it not- <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just didn't play it to me. You're like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I could have been. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, like, but, yeah I, exactly. I refuse to pass it to you today. Yeah. He, he, he was a defender, Charms. When, you know, when it, we were talking about the other day, you know, make a mistake, go ball goes in, turn your back, just walk away. No friends. <laughs> right, but you they run over. I was the first one to give him that that look of disgust and walk away. <laughs> Can't believe you let that in. Well, we were talking before. I remember that on Sportsnet when when Jimmy first came on Sportsnet the first couple of times. We soon learned that you know when you wanted to say something, we could tell you were part of the conversation. But then when we hit a topic that you weren't comfortable with, you'd look straight ahead, like and just would not look sideways. Was it the same kind of way in goal kicks? Oh fuck yeah! He, he was, he'd, he'd be behind. He'd be at the field behind two players. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to find There's no, yeah. <laughs> no way. I always wanted the ball. You just I had a history ball. of defenders who just went like give you the give you the ball and just turn and run, <laughs> <laughs> evading the ball. That's why I'd always do playing playing football. Yeah. Just avoid that ball at all costs because nothing good can come to it when it comes to my feet. <laughs> <laughs> the play's going to die on my boot. <laughs> so, yeah, pass over there, please. Yeah. So he's got two assists now overall uh, in his career for Liverpool, which is more than Gini Wijnaldum and Coutinho. That can't be right. Come Can on. You? That can't be right. No. I read that. No. Not that, that, that sounds... No. That's a lie. What is that, Rebel News or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Let me find out. Let me just uh, have a quick look. You guys keep talking about that match. There's no way that's correct, Charms. All right, I'm going to find out right now. So, yeah, Coutinho was a freaking master. Yeah, that's uh, who the hell said that? Yeah, that's why you don't believe social media. Coutinho had, <laughs> he had 37 assists. <laughs> 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 well, there's some uh, kind of stat anyway. There's some stat that, that's ridiculous. And uh, a, two assists for a keeper is pretty good. Let's be honest. Is that all he's got? I would have thought he had more than that. You think about it. I mean, you're going to get the first assist, right, in football. I mean, yeah. keeper. Maybe it's to You know what it was? Okay. Okay. It was he's got more assists to Salah than Coutinho and Wijnaldum. Oh, right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Still, still pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy's uh, still not buying it. He's not having it at all. Not buying that one either. How many assists assists do you think you had in your career, Jimmy? Loads. Loads. And you will not take that away from me. I had loads of assists. Let's find out. Luckily, we have uh, this electronic database. I don't even think they they started registering us. They might not, actually. Well, let me Um, know, and then I'll tell you the number. You might get lucky. (laughs) And Brennan assists. I don't know. You may not even come up. Okay, career stats and transfer market. All right, Jimmy? Here we go. I believe you had, I mean, you're a fullback, you had assists. Uh, let's see. Um, and a few OGs. Not uh, one. No? Not one on goal. 
Not one red card either. That's surprising. No, I had one. Oh, did you? When? Couldn't. Um, against Birmingham. I think I told oh, yeah. you that story, didn't I, when I got sent off on my loan? Yeah. At Huddersfield? Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? Remind me. So I ended up, I had a double hernia. And this was a line I was at Forest, and David Platt was the manager. And I needed to play. And the team was doing well at the moment. And he said, look, he goes, why don't you go up to Huddersfield? He goes, Joe Jordan's up there with Lou Macari. And he goes, you'll get some games under your belt and then come back back to the board. Who you knew from uh, Bristol City, correct? Yeah, Bristol City. Joe Jordan was my, my manager. Yeah. So I was like, all right, no problem. Let's, let's go. I need games. I need to play. So I went up to Huddersfield. And uh, they, were, they were struggling. They couldn't put a string of wings, wins together. And, and for some reason, as soon as I got there, the first game I'm on the bench, they ended up winning. So I didn't even get on. Then it was the next game. I think we were down at Palace. Again, they go 1-0 up. They end up winning that match. I came on with like the last 10 minutes of the game. Then I think we went to, I think it was Sheffield. And they ended up winning the game again. So I, I'm not starting. I'm on loan, meant to be playing. But the team's winning, so I can't get in the squad. So I said to Joe, I said, Joe, I said, what the hell's going on here? You brought me to play. He goes, Jimmy, he goes, we haven't won anything this season. He goes, all of a sudden now we're winning three games. He goes, I can't change the squad. So we play the next game. Again, they ended up winning. I played maybe 15 minutes. I went, Joe, I said, this is, he said, you're killing me here. He goes, what would you want me to do? He goes, the team's winning. He goes, I can't get you in. I said, well, give me more minutes. You got to play me. He goes, well, look, he goes, there's a, there's a mushroom game, a reserve game tomorrow against Birmingham City. He goes, play that, get some minutes. I was like, so I'm coming up here to play a reserve game. And he just went, look, I've got to get, get, get the game, play some minutes. I was like, okay, no problem. David, uh, who was it? Michael Johnson. It was a good friend of mine. He was at Birmingham, and he was coming back from injury as well. So it was it was one of those games where there was a few guys from Huddersfield and, and Birmingham where it was older guys coming back because they've been injured and just trying to get some minutes. So it was, it was good because you could talk to the opposition and say, okay, nice and easy, guys. Let's get through this game, get our minutes in. and Yeah, you knew them kind of. So with the game's being played, 1-1, right? About maybe eight minutes left in the match, this young kid comes on for Birmingham City. And he is just full of piss and vinegar, right? Sleeves rolled up. Come on, lads, come on. And I look at him. I was like, easy, kid. It's a reserve game. What's the matter with you, right? Come on, let's go. Come on, bro. Let's play. Let's go. And he's so fired up for this match. Well, doesn't a, a goal kick gets punted up? It's coming straight towards me. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go hit this nice and easy. As I go up, this kid comes across me, elbow, boom, right in my face, nose gone. <laughs> Blood everywhere. <laughs> Your nose broken a few times, haven't you? <laughs> I land, I turn, and I volleyed this guy so hard right up the ass, you, you would never believe it. Right? <laughs> I put everything into it. So the referee comes over. He's like, Jimmy, he goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, look at my face. I said, do you see that elbow I just took? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I did see it. I said, okay. Then I said, I give him a kick in the ass. Give me a yellow and let's get on. He goes, I can't. I said, what do you mean you can't? He goes, I've got to give you a red. I said, you can't give me a red. I said, I'm on loan. I need to play. I need games. He goes, I've got to give you a red. I said, why are you giving me a red? He goes, because my assessor's here. And he goes, oh. I've got to give you a red. 
I went, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I haven't even played a game. I need, I, need, I said, I need to be on this pitch right now because I hopefully I'm going to play in the next match for Huddersfield so I can get my minutes. No, I got to send you off. Red card. I have violent, violent conduct that'll yeah. end your loan spell. Back to Nottingham. Uh, I walked straight over into the dressing room. I came in, Lou Macari, Joe Jordan. They didn't even look at me. They were just disgusted with me. I call up Vladdy. I was like, Vladdy, I'm coming back. He goes, why? What's up? I said, I just got sent off. And he just starts laughing. He goes, all right, see you training tomorrow. <laughs> Would you admit, though, Jimmy, that maybe you, you only had yourself to blame in that occasion? It was all my fault. Nobody else to blame. <laughs> I thought I, I thought it sense you're almost blaming the referee there a little bit for the assessment. Well, I thought, being you, there, but you did volley someone in their ass. Yeah, I thought you know at least give me a yellow stern talking to you when I was said, look, no problem. You know, eight minutes left in the match. Your old uh, your old teammate um, Mark Crosley at Nottingham. I think he played three games under Cluffy, and I guess Cluffy figured he was getting a little bit too big for his boots. And he had a good way of knocking guys down. In fact, he wouldn't even let him get a car until he said you could get a car. Yeah. And then he says to him, played three games, done really well. I was going to go home for the weekend. And uh, Cluffy's like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Shit house. He called him shit house all the time. Yeah. Where are you going? Shit house. Shit house. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> going home. No, see you at my place at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. He doesn't even know where he lives. Has to get the kit man to find out, and then he ends up driving because he got no car. Coffee won't let him. His wife answers the door, and oh, hey, Mark, things are going well for you. Come in, Brian will be down in a minute. And when he said to him, "I'll see you at nine o'clock," he goes, "Bring your boots, and you better bring your gloves as well." <laughs> so he's like, "I have no idea what's going on." He ends up playing a Sunday league game. For his brother or something's team, who's short a goalkeeper. Wow. So he ends up playing <laughs> at Sunday League. He goes, there's dog shit and glass all over the pitch. <laughs> goes, we, win it, we win it comfortably, except the other team put in a protest that they really? got a ringer, Mark, and he's not even eligible to play in the league. So they lost the points at a 3 nothing. Result for the other team and a 50 pound fine that Crosley said Cluffy took out of his wages to pay for the of <laughs> <laughs> Crosley's wages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian Cluffy. So he was trying to basically show him, you know, the other side, trying to get his feet back on the ground a little bit, saying, listen, kid, don't forget where you could be. And in the end, he ended up fucking his brother's team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he said, what put him off too is Archie Gemmel was running the line. <laughs> Archie Gemmel, no way. Archie really. Gemmel, he's, he's like, looks over and he goes, Archie's running the line. Oh. He's got him out there. He's like, we're short of referee lines. He's got his helping out his mate. Or his, uh, Archie Gemmel's. Called that huge goal for Scotland against Holland in the 1978. The reason I know that is because uh, there's a great quote from Train Spotting when uh, he's just, uh, what is he? He's just checked someone. Ren Boy goes, I haven't felt that good since Archie Gemmel scored the winner against Holland in 1978 or whenever it was. Anyway, that's why I know Archie Gemmel, bit of a legend. 
Yeah, yeah it might have been uh, good player. Eighty-two, maybe was it eighty-two? I can't remember. No, I have no idea. Anyway, it's a great transporting line. Um, hey, Jimmy, at Forest, I mean, was was Brian Clough always a presence there, even after he'd left? Obviously, yeah. he's still renowned as being that Forest manager. Was he? A, was there a presence around the club that he had been there? Oh yeah, I mean, like he, he would still come to some matches, and you know, he was always around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, like his, his presence. I mean, even when you walked in, into the stadium, the front doors there was a statue of it, of, of Cluffy. With the mm-hmm. with the European Cup uh, trophies, so yeah, he was always, always, always about the place, or you know, just uh, everything to do with that club. He's uh, he's worshipped there. It's crazy. It's crazy. He has a huge. He, huge, he uh, put a few bottles back in his day. I tell you, what's that? Big drinker. Oh yeah, that's where was, Desi Walker was telling me when he went to go get his contract. And he said, he goes, Desi lad, come and see me. So he goes in and sees him. He goes, uh, I'm going to offer you a contract, Desi. He goes, what do you think you're worth? Desi was like, oh, I think I'm worth this. Oh, hold on a minute, son. <laughs> Pulls out like this whiskey, pours him a shot. And says, Desi, drink that, lad. So Desi being Des Walker? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he ends up down in the shot. Okay, Desi lad, what do you think you're worth now? Well, I think I'm worth this. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he says, as he walked out of there, pissed out of his face. <laughs> he goes, he looked after me. He goes, but he just got me hammered. Because he goes, I thought it was worth more. And he kept on telling me, no, you're not worth more. Here, have a drink. <laughs> I'm sure every league's got those managers, those characters, right? You know, I only know about the English ones, really, most of them. There's only a handful, though, that stand out, like Cluffy's, right? You've got the Ferguson's, obviously, of the world. Um Arsene Wenger to a certain degree these, these people that were bigger than the clubs themselves they were the faces of those clubs when they were there um, you look at United Leeds from today right and look at Marcelo Bielsa who's got this reputation you know and he is a, a legendary manager despite having not won that much um, but you see him in, in today's game right maybe overthinking things right I mean he sits Rafinha who's their best player simple as that against United right brings him one at the half time you know, they're down 2 0. They get better 2 2. He looks like a genius, but they lose 4 2 in the end. If you're a Leeds fan, I just saw, just saw this somewhere. Leeds, there's some, you know, people are asking about Marcelo Bielsa in Leeds. Says he got a future there. What do the fans think about him? Because they are very inconsistent. Their record isn't great. And, and they just say the consensus is he just plays such an entertaining brand of football and they love him there, you know, and they'll take this at this point it's to survive, obviously. But it's so much fun to watch Leeds play. Win or lose, they're going to take, yeah. I guess, the 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 good with the bad from from that legendary manager. Yeah, I think if they're going to if they want to take it to another level, uh, you know, and they get into the position where they can challenge for Champions League spots, I don't think that that type of football is going to going to do it for you. Uh, you need a large squad too to play. They don't they don't play with the same energy. I don't think as we saw last year. Um, the team injuries have played a massive part. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I love watching them play. Like every time I'm looking around for games, I haven't seen straight to a Leeds game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is that? I just, you just know this, something's going to happen. They don't even know how to manage a game. They get back to 2-2 and you think, well, okay, you know, no, no, just keep freaking doing the same thing and we might win 4-2 or lose 4-2. Yeah. You know? 
So if you get a manager in, say you got a Mourinho in and he manages to get you into a regular seventh or eighth spot in the league and and it's just not very attractive to watch as opposed to finishing 15th or 16th and having a hell of a time and maybe get some good cup runs and you're going to get some crazy games every year. Yeah. Well, if you look at Leeds, I mean, what's what's their goal? It's what Charms is saying is survival. Survival. They're not going to compete. And Beelzebub, he actually came out, I was reading it today, that he was saying, come the end of the season, he might leave because he goes, we can't compete. We can't compete in the Premier League. Meaning that if you're not going to spend the money, then we're just going to be this team that's just going to survive. We're going to finish mid-table or below mid-table. We'll be in the Premier League next year, but we're not playing for championships or to win. We're just playing just for survival. So it'll be interesting to see what he does at the end of the season. If he does stay or he just says, look, I'm out because I'm not getting the funds. It's interesting because he's so much into a project, but I mean, I don't know. How far does he think this he could take this club? He's taken a closer look in the academy, apparently, at Leeds than at previous clubs where he'd come in with the first team and do a job. And that was it. Didn't care about anything else. Signed these one-year rolling contracts. Um, and apparently he is like taking more of an interest in Leeds. Maybe he's at a point in his life where he wants to settle down. He does like the Premier League, apparently. He likes the way of life where he's living there. But at some point, you know, like he kind of alluded to there, if they want to be more ambitious, is he the right guy? You know, he's a legend. Yeah, so he here. He's the hipster's manager, right? You know, he's so cool and trendy in the way he coaches and so different to the typical teams. But if he's now making hints that, man, we've got to invest, he's probably not that guy because he never has invested. He's never taken those jobs. He's been offered big jobs before, the mm. biggest clubs in the world, and he's turned them down. Mm. You know? That's why I'm It's kind of a confusing one. Yeah. Lost in translation, maybe. But I tell you, I think he's going like, to – I think it suits him and that type – that club suits him right now, and I think it will continue to suit him at that level. Like, I just think that he's yeah. he's in a really good spot there. I think it's – for me, I think – I feel it would be difficult for him as well because, you know, Pep Pep loves him, says he's he's the best, he's great. All these managers are saying how great he is. But – when they play him, they're beating him. <laughs> that's why. Maybe that's why. Do you know what I mean? So for him, I mean, surely his ego is going to be taking a little bit of a hit every time he's playing these managers that always keep saying how great he is. But yeah, but look, what look what he's got to work with. Yeah, he <laughs> surely wants to compete compared to those other guys. I mean, he's already got. And then be careful what you wish for too. You know how many how many clubs are going? Oh, we're gonna. Hire, we need to hire somebody to take us to another level. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't always work out, does it? No. But I mean, I mean, Leeds is a big club, but they're still obviously financially so far behind the, the big players there. And the money system's broken in the league. And it makes you think about the, the title race at the moment. And we, we see these, these champions from City and Liverpool the last few years, 95, 98, over 100 points winning championships and it's incredible right and, and nowadays it seems that we want to see the best the best and we want to compare the current teams with the best ever but let's be honest a title race where someone wins with 85 points is far more interesting don't you think that then the these super clubs winning 95 points and smashing everyone because an 85 point or an 80 point champion could lose any week 
It doesn't generally happen. It's such a shock today to see City lose to Spurs. We're like, wow, what happened? They lost mm-hmm. a match. It does kind of take away the theater and drama. Great if you support those clubs, but I don't know. I mean, where do you stand? Do you want to see just complete dominance and smashing records, or do you want to see an even, a more even league where you know any given week the best team might lose? That's uh, an interesting conversation to have because you look at Major League Soccer and their their system and philosophy and their level playing field for the most part, you know, unless you got you want to go outside the boundaries with the designated players, but that's your prerogative. Um, so there is that that side of things, but then you miss out on the the teams or teams that are the devils. The ones that everybody hates. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at the Portuguese league or you look at the Italian league or you look at the Spanish league that have been dominated by certain clubs for the most part. And the German league, they still fill the stands. They're worried yeah. a little bit in Germany because 10 Bayern Munich wins in a row or might, you know, soften things a little bit. Um, but overall, uh, it, it is a very good question. Um, and the Premier League has got more competitiveness now to it than it used to. I mean, there was times when a lot of years that Man U would uh, pretty much bully the league as far as finances go. Yeah. So you got, yeah. you know, you got the oligarchs coming in. The <laughs> oil. It's, it's a good point though, because even back in the eighties, you know, when I grew up watching football, um, that the bigger clubs were always the clubs that got the best players because they could afford to pay them more. It's, always, it has, it's, it's gone to a new level now, perhaps, with the monies involved and the you know, 100 million pound players compared to 30 million pound players. But it was never an even playing field, was it, ever? No. No. No, no it wasn't. Never was. I mean, Arsenal when, had a lot of power, financial power too, over most clubs. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it'll always uh, make you a contender. You know, see the odd ones here and there. I mean, the Leicester situation was a, you know, a 5,001 shot. But overall, I think going into this season, you know, Chelsea looked a really good chance of winning it. <laughs> Liverpool looked good. I mean, let's face it, Spurs are an excellent side. You go down the 7 eight team in that league and they're, they're going to do well in Europe anywhere. Yeah. They're all very strong. If you if you look at the Premier League too, though, and we've always said it, the Premier League is there's there's three leagues within that Premiership. You got your, your top top mm-hmm. six that are always going for it. Then you got your middle, which is always like your West Ham's and your Everton that are always just going to sit there. And then the bottom part is always the Watchfords and the Norwiches that are just the yo-yo clubs that keep coming up and down. But I'd be surprised to see Newcastle next year. You know, that's another one that's going to be competing. A lot of money's going to be spent. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. And that's why, you know, as much as we can you know, debate the political ramifications of a Saudi owned club, yada, yada. Okay. I understand that, but it makes it really interesting. And I think the league needs that, that injection, another player. Suddenly it's not going to be just the usual suspects. You have one more in there upsetting the apple cart, so to speak, which is going to piss off, you know, the, the United's and the Liverpool's just as they are pissed off by city in the, and Chelsea back in the uh, early 2000s. How dare they think they can compete financially with us? Well, you know what? This is how it feels. So I think it, I think Newcastle, from a football standpoint, I think makes it far more interesting moving forward than we've seen. 
And hopefully we keep seeing that because, uh, I mean, we thought, mind you, Leeds was that team once upon a time, didn't we? Back in the uh, mid-2000s, yeah. they're that great team and they just, right. they misspent. Yeah. But, I mean, they were a team that should have been a perennial Champions League team. <laughs> didn't work out. Bad, bad management and ownership. Oof. Jesus. Yeah, By the way, you mentioned Chelsea. So Chelsea beat Palace 1-0. Did you see Lukaku's stats for this one? Lukaku played 90-plus minutes, seven touches, seven, including a kickoff and two offside shots on goal. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, the worst worst numbers in that particular stat since they began taking those stats in 2003. (laughs) And and that was last Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Seven touches. That's incredible. he must get in the way of the ball a few times, surely. Seven touches. Yeah. So what does that work out to? Like you touch the ball once every 13, 14 minutes? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I mean, I, I just, I, I, again, another crazy stat, which maybe it's wrong as well. No, it's not. That one's definitely right. I mean, it's not going well there at all, is it, for, for Lukaku? It's, it's been a disaster and it continues. He, he scored a couple of goals in the yeah. Club World Cup. Um, and people began to think, oh, maybe he's awakening. But seven goals, I mean, that's a guy that just is disinterested, surely. To get that few touches, it's not bad luck. It's a guy that doesn't give a shit, isn't it? 100%. How, how can you play a whole match with seven touches? <laughs> like you're, actually, you're actually running away from the ball. Yeah, exactly. It's embarrassing. This is like beer league, you know, when there's that crap player in your team that doesn't want the ball. I would love to be in that dressing room or, or in the office when the, when the head coach sits down with him and says, uh, come in my office and let's have a little talk. <laughs> no, 90 chat. minutes of play, you touch the ball seven times. I would love to hear what his reaction would be. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I never, he, he probably was like, well, it was 95% uh, accuracy rate, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my passing was great. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the kickoff. Yeah, I know that, yeah, that, that was great. Uh, uh, you West Ham. That was a lesser game. Did you see? Uh, I got a bone I, to pick about that. I didn't see this game. Please, please go ahead. Spill it. Well, Schmeichel, Casper, the analysts were really hard on him. Really hard on the first goal. Well struck from the edge of the box. Comes around two defenders. It's wet as fuck. He did. He gets a part of his hand on it. Ends up. Yeah. Would he like to have saved it? Should he have saved it? Probably. But it was a really difficult take. That you know, it would have been a really good save. And just the way it's coming around players and he's unsighted. Second one, he jumps up right after, and he's like offside. Like the guy rating rating my view or the the shot. So it goes to VAR, and I'm like. They've got to give that. Raul's right in front of him. Now, would he have saved it? No, probably not. But I don't think that comes into fucking play. Yeah. As soon as that ball's been a strike, he's in an offside position right in front yeah. of Casper Schmeichel. He's causing a distraction at the very least. Yeah. And there wasn't, there wasn't an outfield player that would have backed me up on it. Not a single freaking one. <laughs> because, like, everybody was like, oh, well, he wouldn't have got it anyway. And I'm like, what's that got to do with it? And how do you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that Wolves won two one, right? That's a yeah. big win for Wolves. So they're now on forty mm-hmm. points in seventh place. Um, top four right now is still United in that fourth place on forty six. Um, West Ham four points back. Arsenal on forty two, but they've got three games in hand, and Wolves have two games in hand. Spurs, by the way, have Jesus. They played. They played twenty three games. United they've got three games in hand on United, and they are seven points back. So that that race for top four, Arsenal looks good, don't they? Actually, Arsenal. You know, it's funny we, we don't yeah. talk much about Arsenal right now, but Arteta's been hammered a lot this year, mainly from Arsenal fans, because with respect, there's no more unstable fan base in in the Premier League than Arsenal fans. They get very angry very quickly. And uh, if you look at the, where they're doing right now and what's happening at the Gunners, they're looking pretty good for, for a potential fourth-place spot. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arteta's quite as uh, incompetent as some people might think. Piers Morgan. <clears throat> well, we'll see if they can pick up some points on these games in hand. That was hard. Meanwhile, West Ham are just – they just can't get wins. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? They lack a little bit of quality when, when you know, yeah. when Bowen isn't, isn't firing on all cylinders – when uh, Antonio isn't scoring goals, there isn't much else, is there, in the way of attack with that team right now? No. No, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult task to uh, stay in that uh, in the region they are. But still, if, if they don't finish top four, Craig, I mean, surely the fan base won't be disappointed and, and class this as a disappointing season. I mean, no one thought they'd be in the conversation in February for a top four spot before the campaign. Began. No. I think they're just happy that Declan Rice is still there. Yeah. How long for? Has he gone this summer, do you think? You know, by all accounts, too, um, we know a few people around West Ham, and um, he has never asked for a move. Good guy. He's just professional, goes along with his business. Things will happen for him. What's he's he worth? Pushed, he's not What's he worth? Though? I mean, I mean, the, if West Ham were offered, you know, a hundred million for him, it'd be oh, very phew. hard to say no. But I can see him going for that. This can you see him going for that this this summer? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. He's, I can. He's, been, he's been maybe the best midfielder yeah. in the Premier League this. this oh yeah, hundred million. He'd be he'd be out. To... <laughs> <laughs> that, that sign is so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's too bad, right? I mean, we've been it's too bad. That West Ham's been in that position before, but they're not a freaking oil state. So, um, bottom line, you look at Rio and Carrick and Lampard and Johnson and football. They all leave, don't they? They all leave. They all left, eventually, right? yeah, finish fifth in the Premier League with a bunch of youth players, basically. Yeah, that's because that's because the goalkeeper. No, no. <laughs> you know what? It was nice playing for our team, though, uh, when we had those spell like the five years I was there. I mean, I'd back up a lot of it, but fuck, it was fun. And we finished in the top 10 uh, all five years. So you, you weren't losing a lot of home games. So it was, it was a buzzing atmosphere for those five years. So it's kind of fun to see them back to that kind of uh, and beyond it, really. Uh, what, mm-hmm. uh, we did when we were there, but they can't possibly have the same characters, Timmy. <laughs> hey, you were there with Decanio as well, weren't you? 
Oh, De Canio, Razor, Ruddick, oh. Ron Hutchison, <laughs> John Moncur, Trevor oh. Sinclair, De Canio John Hartman, fucking nut bars. <laughs> Almost like another crazy gang, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Harry, Harry uh, went after all those types of guys. He went after Razor because he was the absolutely hurt. He was tough to manage. De Canio got him for a million. It was a snip. Because nobody wanted to touch him. He kept pushing referees and it was just too much for a manager to handle. Challenge, right? Some managers want want that challenge. They'll keep taking chances on certain players, right? Yeah. Look at uh well Balotelli's a prime example, right? You yeah. know, why why would managers keep signing this guy after he causes more headaches than uh, you know, yeah. the average Eventually that ran of course. But with Decanio, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the first training session, you guys know this great well, it was it was just similar. He didn't do the old double like hitch clip kick when he uh, sort of when he scored that goal against Wimbledon, um, but it was something that he did uh, like great volley. Did every training session, you know those guys, Jimmy. Just some guys, you just wish there was a video and on every training session. But he hits this one first session, and Frank Senior Lampard. Assistant coaches on the other side of the pitch, and he's just like, "Hey, Frank, we've got ourselves a fucking bargain." <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you reckon there's there's more? Are, are there more great players who are awful trainers, or more great trainers who are just average game day footballers? Ah. Oh. That's it. I don't know. I mean, generally speaking, most guys are pretty good trainers for the most part. Also, there were some that I imagine who just dragged their heels, didn't want to be there. But I guess you had to be really good to be that person, right? Well, and and the thing is with an out player is they you can't hide the fact that you can't hide your shit fitness. It's it's going to show up. So if you're dragging your ass in training, it's going to show up on right. the pitch. When the 60th minute, you're taking your, somebody's stretching your calves out because of cramp, which is an embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. That's but Jimmy, more, much more frustrating though to have a guy that, you know, scores these worldies in training every week, you know, and, and does it everything. Then the minute that whistle goes on match day, he's not the same player. That must happen as well. Oh, of course. Of course it does. Like, you, you look in your career and you play with some guys that are absolutely spectacular in training. In training. And you weren't at Southampton with, with that Ali Dai guy, were you? No. no. Oh, <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best example, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but some, some guys, you're right though, James, like they, they were brilliant in training and you end up hammering a player because you keep going, like, can you not do this in a game? It's great doing it in training, but yeah. you've got to do it on a Saturday. Yeah. Any fucking chance. Yeah, like any chance. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, who was who was the worst trainer at TFC in the years that you were there? Can you can you give us a name or a couple of names, guys, that you just as captain you said, Ellis, come on. Long 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 Robert. Robert. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good choice, yeah. Well, okay, tell us the inside story on Long was, Robert. He was, he was a great player though, but he was just I think where he was in his career and his knees were bothering him a little bit. You just show up, have a little stroll around. And <laughs> well, that's it. If you're you're kind of just trying to get through the week, conning everybody that you're okay, but your knees are shot, your hips are shot to get to the weekend. 
when Davor Shuker was when he came to West Ham, he was he was kind of that guy. Yeah. His hips, he was like an old lab. His hips are gone. He but still had an unbelievable touch and finish and like just fabulous, fabulous player still. But he was he was shot and Harry knew it. I was on the bench that we were in Middlesbrough and he tried to chip the goalie from eight yards. Like <laughs> not even close, right? And Harry's like, he turns to the bench, she's like, fucking hell, he's on fifty thousand quid in appearance. <laughs> he's just trying to chip the fucking key hurts. <laughs> 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 like 40 grand in appearance yeah he only went oh, off for 10 minutes bad. it's too bad you, you know you shouldn't we shouldn't look back on Davos Shuka's career as those West Ham months <laughs> oh maybe though fuck because he was just so much fun he was awesome oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. yeah what a player right? what a player he was oh a great Incredible. teammate too yeah great teammate we had some had a, had a few of those other with Wrighty that came from Arsenal in his uh, later times Nigel Winterburn, Stuart Pierce. Yeah. I've got a picture it's, somewhere of me and Devil Shooter. Right. Some, there's some good players back in West Ham. Mm-hmm. Really good players. You know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> You're looking for your Davos Shooter photo? I'm a Devil Shooter picture. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's obviously it's not on the wall. <laughs> uh, I'll try and find it. I tell you what. Cares. It's just what me and Devil Shooter, but. You know what you're going to show us? You're going to show us the picture, and then Forrest and I are going to look at each other and go, we don't give a shit. No, what I'm going to say is, like, if you don't have it on your wall, I bet you there's a thousand Croatians in Toronto alone that would put it on their wall. So I've only got 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 Danny Dicchio on my wall right now. I've I've got Dicchio and Muhammad Ali, and that's it. (laughs) Does it say two James or just Davor on it? Oh no, neither. I interviewed him and, and I just got a snapshot. Someone, cause I, I, I never got, I always, I would refuse to get selfies with, with interview subjects. Thought it's not classy at all. But someone took a picture from a distance and then gave it to me. That's what he was. He was some player, by the way. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was a great guy. He was a great oh, guy. Oh, so he didn't get a sign? No, no, it wasn't signed. No. So you got a, you got a photo of yourself. Sitting beside Davor and, and he's in the distance. What no, no, no. We say we're actually sitting beside each other. I'm, I'm, into, I'm in the process of into asking some really, you know, tough questions. Probably, you know. Yeah. I understand why it's at the bottom of your box now. <laughs> I'll try and find it. If you look really closely, you can tell it's me in there. Yeah. <laughs> I look so young. Oh my god. Uh, I'll, I'll dig it up because, like, you're obviously dying to see it. So I'm gonna make sure that uh, I'll dig it up for you. All right, fellas, we're out of time. Um, we're back on Tuesday. We actually recorded an interview um, on Friday for Tuesday, and we won't tell you who it is, but if you're a longtime Canadian soccer fan, you want to listen. Um, it's one of the most enjoyable interviews. Well, it wasn't really an interview, was it, fellas? It was more like a monologue. <laughs> I forgot who it was already. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great stories, though. Very amusing. And uh, we actually go inside um, a certain famous era in Canadian national men's team history. And and perhaps you might learn some things that you might surprise you about that particular era. <clears throat> Gold Cup. Anyway, that interview comes up on on Tuesday. Craig, Jimmy, thank you very much. I enjoyed this. Um, make sure you follow us and like us, and please subscribe. It does make a difference. We're, we're told it does make a difference. So subscribe, and we'll chat to you next time. Cheers for listening. Yeah.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.